Uh, please stand for the reading of God's Word. Today we'll be reading from Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 29. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and slammed against that house, and yet it did not fall, for it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and slammed against that house, and it fell, and it collapsed was great. When Jesus had finished these words, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one who had authority and not as their scribes. This is the word of God for the people of God. Please be seated. Thank you, Jim and Angeline. How many of you guys have ever been to a vacation Bible school? when you're growing up or maybe, let me see your hands. Okay, you're gonna to volunteer to help this year. Great, that's so good. That's so good, right? That's, no. You know, the thing is, we've all benefited from it and if you can help, boy, what a, what a blessing you'd be. I know my wife and I are gonna be there just because um, we get paid to come, so it's gonna be good. No, that's not true. Uh, that's, but it's going to be a it's going to be a good week, and uh, all the help appreciated. Thank you. Hey, well, before I get into the word, you know, it, I know we enjoy worshiping and singing, and sometimes you know, three or four songs may not really quench all your desire for that. Well, we have the first Monday of every month. We call it First Mondays, and so tomorrow night is our first Monday, and we just have an extended time of worship. Usually, truthfully, we have a smaller crowd, so we meet over in the other auditorium. And it's uh, real cozy, it's real uh, informal, and uh, it's, it's video. We give our band off so that they can actually come and worship uh, just with everyone. But it's really a great time, and I want to invite you. It's 6.30 to 8 o'clock, and uh, we have extra singing. We have a lot of prayer time at the end where we minister to each other and learn how to hear the Word of God for each other. So if you can come tomorrow night, uh, 8, uh, 6.30 to 8, love to have you, all right? God bless. Uh, if you have your Bibles, open them back up to uh, Matthew chapter 7. And I get the privilege of closing out this series. We have been in the Sermon on the Mount for a few months. And these are the last words of Jesus in this great sermon. And what he did on these last few verses was he also summarized it. Okay, you heard Jim read a while ago. He said, uh, therefore, therefore. Now, anytime in Scripture, I remember in Greek class a long time ago, the, the professor said, anytime you see a therefore, you should always stop and see what it's there for. Okay? So what, what Jesus is doing here, after 105 verses, now, of course, they didn't have the verses when he said it, and, and that's kind of a modern, uh, you know, uh, injection to help us be able to read it easier. But 105 verses, Jesus has talked and taught, and then he gets to the end of it, and he says, he says, therefore, 
So he's getting ready to sum it up. And, and these last five verses really have, I believe, a, kind of like a, he's, he's bringing it into a funnel right here. And he uses one more analogy. He uses one more illustration. And he says this, therefore, everyone, that's all of us, who hears these words of mine and will act upon them is going to be like a, a wise man who builds his house on a rock. And then he uses the other thing. He says, and if you hear these words and ignore them, he says, you're like a foolish man and you're just building your house on sand. You're building your life, your career on sand, your relationships on sand. And he says, because everybody's going to catch stuff. He says, it's going to rain on everybody. It's going to flood everybody. There's going to be a time when the winds blow against all of us. And he said, but only some of them are going to stand. Now, Four things here, okay, quickly. There's going to be two different types of people, if you're taking notes. There's wise and there's unwise, okay? There's going to be two foundations. There's a rock foundation and there's a sand foundation, all right? There's going to be two different choices. One of them is you hear and learn how to apply it. The other response is you hear it and you ignore it, okay, or disobey it. And then there's two outcomes. Your house stands and grows and, and flourishes, or your life, your house falls apart. Now, it's, he's summing it up. He says, you, you've heard these words of mine. Now, guys, that's a lot of words, 105 verses. Man, he talked about, remember, he started off this series. He talked about the Beatitudes, we call it. He said, you're going to be blessed. And of course, Pastor Brad made it very clear. Jesus upset everybody's thinking. Because he says, you're not blessed when everything's going great. He says, you're blessed when you learn how to humble yourself in the middle of hard situations. He says, you're going to be blessed when you hunger and thirst for righteousness. He says, you're going to be most blessed when, you know, you have a, a pure heart. Even when you're merciful, when somebody doesn't deserve it, you still give mercy. He says, you're going to be most blessed when you're a peacemaker. Uh, he says, you're going to be most blessed when you're persecuted. Now, nobody wants to run to that one. But, he's, but he, so he, he said, you hear these words of mine and you act on them. He said, you're the light of the world. Some of you are going, hey, I don't like that pressure on me. I don't want to be an example. Yeah, you're going to be one, one way or another, right? You're going to be an example. And he says, you're the salt of the earth. You influence people. You influence life. He says, um, remember some of his words? He said, look, there's a higher plane of living than just leaving, living legalistically under the law. Remember, it's when Jesus said, you've heard it said, you shall not do this. But I say to you, and he didn't take it away. He just raised the notch. He raised the bar. He said, you've heard it said, don't commit adultery. But I say, man, you've got to grab hold of your thoughts and bring them captive to the obedience of Christ. Don't even lust. He says, you've heard it say, don't, be, uh, don't commit murder. He says, man, I'm, I'm telling you, don't even be angry. Well, that's a, that was going to take a while to catch up. But all of those things were, were his words. He says, uh, tell the truth always. He says, don't just be about showing off spiritually, but learn how to do it privately and learn how to be deep in your character more than just your outward actions. He says, don't worry. We always want to say, be happy. But he says, don't worry, keep trusting. Okay. So anyway, all of those things. Last week, Pastor Craig had the hardest verse, I believe, in the whole sermon when he said, um, it's not about doing stuff, it's about knowing him. Remember, he's, 
Remember, he, he brought it up. He said that there's people that have even done all these incredible works, even miracles. And Jesus is going to say to them, depart from me. Uh, I never knew you. I mean, that's a hard verse. But the emphasis was, do you know God? Not do you know how to do things for God? So anyway, all of those were his words. And he said this, if you hear my words, if you hear my words and you learn how to act on them, he says, you're going to have a good outcome. John 14, 21 says this, one of the verses somebody challenged me to memorize years ago. He says, the person who hears my words and acts upon them, he says, he's the one who really loves me. He says, and that person is going to really be loved by God. He says, I'm going to love him and I'm going to show myself to him. Now, I like that. He says, I'm going, you're going to experience God. Now, hang, let me stop for a second. See, it's easy just to make this preachy stuff. But God says it is possible for us as Christ followers to experience him and fellowship with him every day. He says it is possible for us as humans to really, listen, experience the supernatural power of God in our daily lives. He says, well, Pastor, what does that look like? See, we, we want to we boil it down to, I just got to act a certain way. I mean, you know, I'll go wear the bracelet. What would Jesus do? That's good. But guys, I want to tell you, Jesus says, no, come on unto me. There's more. I want you to know me. I want you to experience me. I want you to learn how to be a vessel where I really do flow supernatural power through your life. You say, power, uh, Pastor, it's sounding a little spooky. No, it's sounding supernatural. And can I just tell you, that's what everybody is hungering for. That's why they're going after all this other weird stuff. That's why there's so many other uh, man-made religions, people trying to experience the, person, the, the power of God, the supernatural, but they don't do it through the way Jesus said. Well, anyway, that's not my message, but uh, it's, it's true. So there, there, there's, uh, there's two, two different um, people here. When he says the word everyone, he says, therefore, everyone, really there's two people. There's two types of people. There's the ones that, that are going to hear him and obey him. And there's the ones who are going to hear him and ignore him. Because see, these are the responses. There's only two responses. You either hear him and learn how to apply it, or you hear him and you ignore him. Now, I was going to say you hear him and disobey him. But guys, truthfully, most of us do not have the attitude that says, God, I don't care what you say. I'm not going to do it anyway. Now, maybe a couple of you in here have that. That's not good. But, but most of us, this is where we struggle. We hear God, but we just kind of, eh, that's a little hard. And you just walk off. Or you hear God say something to you or God impress you with something to do something. And it's not like you just look right in, in Jesus' face and Jesus, I'm not doing that. You know, I'm sorry. You get somebody else to do that. You're not going to say that. What's going to happen is you're just going to kind of turn and forget about it and go this way. How many of you can identify with what I'm saying? All right, most of you need to do this, okay? We all need to do that. Because, see, most of you aren't just in your heart saying, Jesus, I am not going to obey you. You're not going to do that. You've, you've experienced him too much. You've, you've, you've experienced his grace. You have been forgiven. You know that you're a Christian. But that 
message is still to us as believers. He says, you have to keep hearing his word and you have to keep listening and you have to keep learning how to obey his word. He says, because that response is what's going to lead you to build on a good foundation. It's going to have lasting results. Now, let me just stop here for a minute. Let me let you catch up. Because what God is after at Shelbyville Community Church, yes, he's wanting to build Christ followers. And it's not just Christ followers who have a name, oh, I'm a Christian now. But it's people who live underneath a spigot of God's grace and mercy and Holy Spirit to where the Holy Spirit is being able to flow through those people to where when people encounter us, they encounter somebody who is different. And guys, that's not the exception. That is to be the norm. That's to be the rule. That's to be the distinction of being a Christ follower. And we are at a place where, man, we hear the word. Man, I tell you what. Pastor Brad's been here 30 years. And, you know, in the last 13 years, I was at another church. But, you know, we'd listen to Pastor Brad preach because you're going to hear the word. You come to this church, you're going to hear the Bible taught. But what we also need is we need to have the Bible walked out through us. Okay, now that is where the rubber hits the road. Amen. So anyway, so. First response, he says, everyone, wise people, and there's going to be some unwise people. You have two responses. You're going to hear my words and act on them. You're going to hear my words and learn how to apply them. Or you're going to hear my word. Now, he says, you disobey, but I'm going to be nice to us because most of us, I really don't believe, have that heart of just saying, I'm not going to do what you say, God. The thing that happens, that transaction that happens in the spirit world, you hear the word and what we do, we just kind of, Go this way. Now, it's not God's will for all of us to teach vacation Bible school. I just want to say amen to that. I have done that a lot of times. But, but like, see, this is how kind of things that happen. You might be in a service, something like this, or be in a place, and you hear about something, and God's Spirit says, oh, hey. And, you know, and see, we don't just go, God, I don't care. Let those kids go to hell. I don't care. I mean, most of y'all aren't going to say that, right? Even those statistics say that most people that come to Christ come before they're 14 years old. I mean, we're not going to say, I don't care, just just let them go to hell. We're not going to say that, but it's amazing how if we just turn away a little bit, that that nudging gets softer and softer and softer until we're at home eating our, or we're at Maya's eating, you know, Mexican food, and we don't even hear it anymore. Are y'all with me? And see, that, that's, how, that's how it happens. And that's why he says, don't be a forgetful hearer. We're going to get into the book of James uh, next month. And, and boy, that's what he says. So God says, hear me and obey me. Hear me and don't ignore me. Let the Spirit of God keep speaking to you. He says, because when you do, you're laying a good foundation. Now, how many of you have ever seen a house being built. Maybe you built your own house or maybe you saw a house being built. It's a lot of fun. But you remember these footers? Man, now in Florida, they have deep footers because everything's sand. And if you really don't want your house to fall apart, you better make sure you got a good foundation. And that's true for all of us. But see, this is what he says. He says, for your life, with this analogy, 
He says, the person that hears my word and acts on them is like a person, and Jesus uses this picture. He's building a house that's going to stand. And when you hear him and obey him, he says, you're building a footer is what you're doing. You're laying a really strong footer. You're going to put those that rebar inside those concrete blocks, inside that concrete, and you're going to give a foundation that you can build the rest of the house on. See, God says, well, that's the way your life is. Foundations are like that. Now, skyscrapers are another thing. Let me look at some of these pictures. Do you know the Empire State Building was built almost 100 years ago? It was built in 1930. It was dedicated in 1931. I mean, a few of y'all were born then, but most of us weren't yet. But uh, it was, you know what, the, the foundation of that was only, I, I looked at that, I said, are you kidding me? It was only 55 feet deep. You say, well, that's deep, Pastor. That's five stories deep. I know, but, you know, it's 100 stories high almost. But 55 feet deep as the foundation. Now, they have skyscrapers now that are like, look at this next picture. Uh, I mean, it's like a whole city. They're just building the foundation there. And, uh, and they have to because of the size of some of these buildings. For a while, the Empire State Building was the tallest building in the world. Of course, now it's only number 50. In fact, there's one, um, there's one place over in, uh, it's called the Patronus Towers. I like this one the best. It's in Malaysia. What I like about it is its foundation is 400 feet deep, 40 stories deep. Now, the tallest building in the world is uh, in, in uh, Dubai. Uh, Emirates, and, and it is actually 2,720 feet tall. Now, I only remember that because I, I like Mission Impossible. That was one of the Mission Impossible movies. You remember? Oh, maybe you don't. Anyway, it, it, it was, it, it's a big building, and um, its foundation is 164 feet deep. You say, that's not very deep for such a tall building. That's what I thought. That's why they say it moves 25 feet. I, I, anyway, just... But here's the thing, that's for a physical building. Now, what Jesus is saying is this. He's saying, your life is like a building. And you have a house that you're building, and it's either built on rock or it's built on sand. He says, and it's all dependent upon whether or not you hear his word first and then you find ways to get it active in your life. He says, when you build your house on these words of mine, he says, it's like you're building on a solid foundation. Now, your marriage is pictured in that house. He says, some of you guys have had a marriage that crashed. And most all of us that have been through that can say this, that somewhere your foundation wasn't good. Something wasn't happening the way God really wanted it to happen. And as a result, the house sunk. Uh, maybe it's, you know, it wasn't the whole foundation. Maybe it's just one pillar. You just didn't get one area, a major important area of your life together. And as a result, that marriage didn't last. Maybe your family. Uh, guys, we have relationships with our kids. We had relationships with our parents. And God has word. The Bible is not silent. It speaks to every area of our life. 
And when we, we can hear that word of God and we can get it into us, and when we can find practical ways of applying it, God says, no, your family is going to be built on a better foundation. Your house is going to stand. Your relationships with your kids are going to have a right foundation. I mean, the, one of the biggest things is, is that word forgiveness, right? In fact, let, let's just practice this right now because we all make mistakes. Let's start with the husbands and wives, okay? So wives, I want you to practice these nine words first, okay? We'll take turns for the men too. But, but there's nine words. It, it, it goes like this. I'm sorry. I was wrong. Will you forgive me? Can we practice that? All the ladies first. They look over at your husband and go, just practice, just practice. You don't really need to do it, of course, but just practice. I'm sorry. I was wrong. Will you forgive me? Okay, let's move on here. Oh, oh no, I mean, it's the men's turn. That's right. The, the, the men get a turn too. Oh, yeah, I forgot. I almost, so, so, so the men get to practice. Just go ahead and say this, men. This is, this is, these aren't cuss words. Say, I'm sorry. I was wrong. Will you forgive me? It's hard, isn't it? Man, that's hard sometimes. Now here, now, here we go, parents, saying it to your children. You go, oh, now, why should I have to do that? I'm the husband. I don't have to ask them to forgive me. Yes, you do. If you want to build a skyscraper, we all have to learn how to humble ourselves. But, but maybe the kids, let's just all say, let's just practice it together. I'm sorry. I was wrong. Will you forgive me? I mean, those are some of the biggest words when Jesus talks about forgiving one another. That's some of the biggest things right there that's building rock underneath your relationship. When just learning how to say, I'm sorry, I was wrong is like building cement underneath the foundation of your house. It's amazing. It's amazing. Now, what us guys like, we like to be able to say, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Will you forgive me? And then the conversation stops right there, right? Yeah, see, th th this is where we like to stop it because then it's like after you really do that, it really sounds sincere. The wife feels secure enough to go ahead and tell you something. Yeah, that's okay. Just keep growing, keep growing because we're building a foundation that lasts. Your business. You know, I mean, you ever hear about these awful stories about how some business starts off great, starts off right, the guy, and then you hear about some catastrophe financially because somebody's embezzling something or somebody's being dishonest or, you know, this is happening or that's happening? You see, all of life has to be built on the principles of God's Word. And we have to learn how to practically Apply those in every area of our lives. Our families, our marriages, our relationships, our businesses. You know, I, I say this a lot. You see, as God continues to prosper you, you don't quit doing what you did in the beginning. It's amazing. When I, I can remember a time when I didn't make very much money at all. I mean, 20 grand was a lot. Of course, that was 40 years ago. But, uh, but the thing is, when you learn how to be a tither when you're making $25,000 a year, that's the seed that gives you the ability to, make, to be a tither when you make 50000 or 100000 Or for some of you have been really blessed, 400000 You see, tithing is still tithing. That's 10%, Right? And when you learn how to be a tither at this level, you're building the foundation under your life, under your business, under your career. And then when, you, when everything increases, guess what? You need a deeper foundation. But it's the same principles that God blesses. 
And so we wonder, well, why do things prosper at this time in our life, but over here things are coming down? Because we're not applying the basic principles of God's Word. Can you say amen, somebody? Now, Jesus knew that, and he sums up all that he's talked about. And he's talked about giving in that Sermon on the Mount. He talked about forgiving in the Sermon on the Mount. He talked about relationships. He talked about religious duty. He talked about formalism. And all of it, he comes down, he says, guys, here's the bottom line. What type of obedience are you modeling? Because it affects the type of foundation that you're building. And see, King David knew that. He said, he's the one that's in Psalm 18:31 said, who is a rock except God? In other words, he says, what's going to really last except the word of God? He said in another place, you are my rock, O God. And in Psalm 62, he said this, Lord, he testified, he says, God is my rock. Now, can we say that? God, I want you to be my rock. Then here's what it says. When you hear God speaking, he says, ask for grace, ask for the Holy Spirit to give you the ability to apply it into your life. And men, if you're not doing good at that, get with another guy and say, hey, how do you apply that? Get honest, get in a men's group and say, how do you do that? Man, I'm having a hard time doing that. You get in a women's group, get with another woman. How do you do that? I know right now, there's, uh, this summer, there's going to be a women's uh, group. It's called Your Best Yes. And of course, my wife is going to get to facilitate that and a lot of different team groups because there's 40, 50 of you girls going to get into that. That's great. And she, of course, my wife says, you know, why don't you have a men's group for that? I'm going, because I'm building on sand. <laughs> I didn't say that, but see, I'm going, honey, I, we are going to have men's groups. We're just not having one this summer. We, get, we take a little break because we're going to rev it up and launch it again in the fall. Yeah, anyway, that was an inside joke with my wife. And of course, I saw she's done scooted out since she was in first service. So... So when you build it on sand, it looks kind of like this, though. Now, coming from Florida, we saw this a lot. This is what it looks like when the storms come and when the winds blow and when the, when the uh, waves and, and the burst against your house. Because the foundation easily is moved. And it, it happens like that. You see, because here's what God's Word is amazing. If you were to look at verse 24... And then you look at uh, 724, and then you look at verse, uh, I mean, 725, and then you look at 727. It's amazing. It's the same verse. And here's what it says. The rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and slammed against that house. But there's two different outcomes. One of them, it says that house stood because it was founded on a rock. The other one says, and that house fell and its fall was great because it was founded on sand. You see, no matter where you are, we're going to get rain. Now, I wish it would rain here, don't you? All of you that have allergies especially. Let's get a little shower in the air. But Matthew 5, earlier in this very sermon, Jesus said, the rain falls on the just and the rain falls on the unjust. He says it's, it all comes. Life circumstances happen to all of us. I mean, when a recession comes, God push it back. But you know what? You may, you may be wealthy. You're going to feel it. 
You may be unwealth, not wealthy. You're going to feel it. I mean, y'all are all the same. You're just like me. You know how much that meat's going to be when you go to Kroger's. <laughs> you know when that, you look at that hamburger, you're going to go, my stars, I can't believe it's $8 a pound for hamburger. Now, you knew it was going to be that much before you looked at it, but you just got to say it, don't you? But you know what? It affects everybody. You may have lots of money. You may not have very much money. Meat's going to cost the same. You know, it's just like plagues or, or this, this uh, you know, COVID virus that went around a couple years ago and, and whatever's coming next. See, everybody gets affected by that. The rain falls on the just and the rain falls on the unjust. The just are going to pay the same price for gasoline as the unjust, right? All of that's part of the testing that we're going through right now. But it's something else. He says it's not just rain. He says sometimes it's floods. Now, I've got a different picture for a flood. Over in Isaiah 59, 19, boy, what a verse. Um, read, read, read that one with me off the screen. I'll read along because it's... it's a, uh, so shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. Look at this verse now. Read this out loud with me. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. Now, let me tell you what. Everybody gets tempted. Jesus was tempted. It says he was tempted but never sinned. You're all going to be tested. But listen, sometimes those tests come in lit. I mean, it's like a test that has a fire behind it. It's got a little rocket behind it. And it's a flood. It's like, you've, I know you've been there uh, where you, things are going okay and maybe you're getting a little tested and then all of a sudden, boom, there's an eruption. You say stuff that you can't believe you said. See, it's from watching all those R-rated movies during COVID. And those F-bombs are in there. And you say, I can't believe I said that. Or you say, I can't believe my wife said that. You say, where did it come from? You got flooded. Circumstance happened, and all of a sudden, the enemy comes in like a flood. Or you have a situation um, where, man, it's so true. We, we've worked in recovery most of our lives and, and uh, ministry. And, you know, I talk to people that, uh, and they say, Pastor, I just don't know what happened. It's like I just woke up, and I could taste the cocaine in my mouth. And I went... And they said, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't done drugs in, in, in years. But he says, it was, what happened? Somehow, the, the little brain impulses, something kicked in to where all of a sudden a memory comes up. And it was a memory in their taste buds, for crying out loud. What is it? That's a flood. I haven't been tempted with that in forever. And it was just like all of a sudden, there was this overwhelming urge to, to want to go to this place. And for us that can't identify with that, can I just tell you what it is? It's a, it's a flood. It was a demonic flood. Like I, I meet with lots of guys and praise God, I, I, getting older helps a little bit, but you know, people talk about these younger men, well, women too, about being flooded with pornography. I mean, see, when I was young, if you were going to get into pornography, you had to work at it. I mean, you had to go find a magazine, then you had to hide it until your mom found it, you know what I mean? I mean, I mean it, it just wasn't like today. Three clicks, boom, you're looking at pornography. I mean, it doesn't take much. And so younger and younger people 
are dealing with this, this, you know, sewer that runs through their brain after they've exposed themselves to this stuff. But there's times when I have a guy, man, I've been walking in victory, I've been free, I've been walking in, and all of a sudden, whoa, this urge to click, 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 or this, this, this pressing to maybe even consider uh, being immoral. And they say, Pastor, where did that come from? I said, listen, you got flooded. It's a demonic flood. The devil doesn't quit just because you stand up for Jesus. That's why you've got to keep building a foundation that you're not going to have destroyed. It's also the thing, too, is a lot of brothers and sisters will blow it. You know, something will happen and they'll blow it. The, the winds come and the pressures of the world, the systems of the world are just there. And maybe they, they yield to it. Well, here's the thing. The good news is Jesus will help you rebuild. He'll help you rebuild. He doesn't cast you out. But you've got to be ready to repent and confess, renounce sin, and get back up. How many of y'all are hearing this? Because, see, here's the thing. Jesus has said a whole lot of great things in this Sermon on the Mount. And we've heard some incredible teachings these last four and a half months. And what it takes now is grace. It takes God's grace, the Holy Spirit, to help us find ways to practically apply it in our lives so we can take another step. And we can get that area built into our lives. And what happens, again, I just want to say it one more time, most of us, most of you, are not at the point where you're saying, I, I'm not going to do that, Jesus. Heck with you. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to listen to that word. No, you don't do that. What you do is you just gently forget about it. And so what Jesus is saying here, in summing up the greatest sermon or the most popular sermon he ever preached, what he's saying, guys... Listen, men and women, young people, listen. He says, he says, I'm summing this up for you. You're going to have two choices. You're going to have, there's always going to be two different people, wise and unwise. There's always going to be a choice, hear and obey or hear and ignore. He says, you're always going to have the choice to build on a rock or you're going to be building on sand. And he said, you always have these results. Either your house and your life and your business and your family is going to grow or it's going to crumble. And so he, he doesn't judge us. He just says, it's never going to go away. As you keep walking with him, we always have that choice. So that's where we are. He sums it up. I'm going to ask the band to come back up because as we, as we celebrate communion today, um, and as we remember what the Lord did for us, this is why this was at the first of his ministry. Well, at the last of his ministry is when he instituted what we call the Lord's Supper. See, because he, he was so faithful. He poured his life into his guys. He had 12, and one of them, did, of course, didn't turn out so good. But, you know, he poured his life into those men, and uh, the women followed too. I, I, but, but, you know, in Scripture, it's mainly mentioned these, these 12 closest disciples were men. But he modeled the same truth to everybody that was following. Uh, we know that there were women that followed and served and ministered and became ministers of God. But he came to the end of his ministry. Now, this was the end of a sermon. 
But he came to the end of his earthly ministry and he had them all together one more time and he did something. And he did what we're gonna do in just a moment. He took bread and he took a cup of wine, took a cup of juice, and he made another object lesson. And he, he brought them, so, so they'd seen him apply these teachings from the Sermon on the Mount for three years. And then he comes up to the end of his, this was the night before he was crucified. The very night before Jesus was crucified, he instituted this with his disciples. And he took a piece of bread, which we're all gonna take in a moment, we're gonna hold on to it. And he said, he said, this is my body that's being broken. And he took a cup and he said, this is my blood that's gonna be shed. He says, guys, I'm gonna give you one more lesson to apply in your lives. And then he leaves and he sends the Holy Spirit. So what we're gonna do, I, I'm gonna talk a little bit more about the elements in just a second, but I'm gonna ask all of you to come. I'm gonna ask our attendants to come and man the, the tables here in the front and in the back. And I'm gonna ask every single one of us to come and, and take a piece of bread and a cup. Even if you haven't committed to Christ yet, we're gonna give you a time even today to do that. But to everybody take a piece of bread and everybody take a cup. And I'm gonna ask you to hold on to it, okay? Hold on to it, we're gonna eat those together. We're gonna to make this a ministry time for us, okay? So uh, would you stand and go ahead and, and start being served. The team's gonna be ministering in song and then I'll come back in just a second. Jesus. 
trust everyone has some of the elements there. I'm going to ask us to do something special today in that some of you are here with your families and want a blessing. And I'm going to ask uh, men that especially today that you take a lead with your spouse or with your family and y'all can just even where you are we're going to stand in a second you can form a little circle but I'm going to ask the men specifically to take the lead okay in ministering to your family during this time so pastor what's that going to look like I don't know yet <laughs> but I know this I know that in every man in here that's a Christ follower there is a desire to build your house on a rock to where you have a home that endures. And I'd say there's a lot of times, men, I get with guys and we don't feel real secure in our leadership ability. We don't feel real capable sometimes. Can I just tell you, it's okay. It's just not okay to stay there. So see, we've got to always keep growing and stretching and learning how to be more effective leaders and prayers and those kind of things. So. If, you, if your family and your spouse is with you, I know a couple of them are really blessed. you got your whole family here. I'll, I'm going to ask you, we're going to all stand back up, and uh, I'm going to ask you, maybe you always make a little circle. I'm going to invite many of you to come up to the altar and just make this a place where you just worship the Lord together. And uh, I want to talk about these elements a little bit more. So I want to ask us all to stand. And if you want to just get close, if you want to come to the altar, come on up to the altar right now. And, um, and we're going to make this a worship experience for you. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do, okay? If you're with your spouse, turn and face each other. If you're with your spouse, that's a blessing. been wrong will you forgive me and wives I don't know what's going on but we always aren't going to miss very far if we say these words I'm sorry I've been wrong will you forgive me now all of us together will you just say this out loud just say it out loud with your lips Jesus I want you to be the rock I build my life on let's just say it one more time Jesus I want you to be the rock that I build my life on. And you got the bread in one hand, just say this right now. Say, Jesus, thank you for your broken body for me. You were broken that I'd be made whole. Now just hold it for a moment, okay? Because you might not feel real whole right now. But just thank him, Lord, thank you for making me whole. I receive all you did for me. Even as I eat this bread, I'm picturing what I believe. You did everything that needs to happen for me to be made whole. We receive this, Jesus, in your name. Let's go ahead and eat the bread together. 
as you have this cup, Jesus that night took the cup and he said these words. He said, this cup represents a new covenant in my blood. Now, the old covenant was a covenant of works. It was a covenant based on your performance to please a holy God. And that's why Jesus says, the old is passing away and I'm bringing the new. Because this covenant is based on what Jesus did. It's faith in what Jesus did. So can all of us just say this, Lord Jesus, thank you for shedding your blood for me. Now before we drink it, some of you have never put your faith in what Jesus did for you. And so I'm going to ask you just to, while it's quiet in here, just to, in your heart, just say, Jesus, thank you for dying for me. And just say that I received what you did for me. It's enough to satisfy God. Now let's all declare, Lord, I receive what you did for me. Thank you for your blood. Let's drink together. Now I'm going to ask some of you to get stretched just a little bit because you're already here worshiping. And I'm going to ask many more of you just to come and do this as a family. I don't know if you've ever just stood together holding hands if you want to, but just worshiping the Lord together out loud. It's different, but church is a great place to start that, right? It's great to do it at home, but if you want to come on up to the altar, we're going to sing this song a couple of times, and we're just going to stand before the Lord and worship Him together. We're building on a rock, amen? Your house is going to stand. It's not going to crumble. That's God's promise. So just feel free to come on up and, and just worship the Lord over on this side. Lots of room over here. This side's empty. Come on, guys. We're just going to make some room. Let's sing this together. Let's just worship Him, all right? Here we go.
you are my rock. I will build my life on your words and I will obey you. Now you say, but pastor, I just don't think I can do that. You can't. But the Holy Spirit who lives in you can and he will. Amen. That's what he's going to do. God's working. God's working. Thank you. Let's just give the Lord a clap here. Thank you. all can be go back to your seats. Thank you. You know, as you leave this morning, uh, I want to speak a blessing over that out of Numbers chapter 6. And as, as you go by, uh, out there, if you want to help in, uh, in the children's ministry of the Vacation Bible School, sign up for that. And also make a, make a note, mention to your spouse or your friends about tomorrow night, coming back to worship the Lord. That'll be good. Here's what God's Word says. This is what Aaron spoke over the people. He says, The Lord bless you, and the Lord keep you, and let the Lord make His face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift you up and lift His countenance upon you and give you peace. Now, I'm going to let you be a blesser, okay? Now, that's what Aaron did. Now, I want you to find somebody. Can you find some? Are, are you near somebody that you know or maybe you'd like to know? And um, anyway, I want you to say this to them because we're going to be blessers, okay? Now, I, uh, men, women, you look to each other, but I want you to say these words after me to somebody. We are going to bless each other, all right? Here we go. You ready? The Lord bless you and the Lord keep you and the Lord make his face to shine upon you and the Lord be gracious to you the Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace in Jesus name amen God bless you hope you have a great week this week and uh, we'll see you see you really really soon like tomorrow